0: ladies and gentlemen we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the intercontinental radio news it's time for peculiar podcast hosted by pat cashman gorgeous to look at and lisa foster she's dangerous she's you're on ready or not it's pat and lisa (laughs) you
1: dig it Yeah, yeah, I can take it. It's loving time. From radio shows past.
0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Clam.
1: Did you have a nice holiday?
0: Uh, Yeah, I was okay. I had a little trouble at Christmas.
1: Uh Oh, what happened?
0: Well, it was just, you know, I wasn't, didn't think it through, you know. A friend of mine was moving. Yeah. So I got him a box. For Christmas, <laughs> but I didn't know what to put it in. Oh yeah. And I, I got,
1: million was in a better form a today. To wrap the
0: presents
1: with, but I, I still can't find that stuff. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your uh, your holiday was sort of like mine, I guess. Did you get any nice stuff for Christmas? Boy, I, I tell you, I went out to some of the stores, and boy, they had a lot of the toy stores were hopping. I'll tell you that they were yeah. really hopping this year. Were they? Yeah.
0: Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, what I thought I would do, because your producer, Laura Steiner, is so cute and she asks so nice, Mm -hmm. um, I thought I would revive a list that I did about this time last year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and, you know, they were coming up with the the end-of-the-century lists, the most popular this and that, and TV shows of the last millennium, you know, and all of those things. Right, And since this is winding down the end of the true millennium I thought I would revive the list the top 10 least popular toys of the century
1: the top 10 least popular toys of the century, this century so far or the last century which is actually the the ending of this this is the end of this century so these are the least popular toys of the 20th century correct All right.
0: Number 10. Little shards of glass.
1: I don't know why that one didn't go over better.
0: Number 9. The I can do it firewalking kit.
1: My kids wanted one of those.
0: Mm-hmm. They should have marketed that as an outdoor game.
1: Yeah, I think that's where they went wrong. Number 8.
0: Number eight the look at this sun viewing scope. <laughs>
1: Number seven.
0: The Wasp Farm Kit. (laughs) Number six. The Fun With Plagues Chemistry Set. Fun With Plagues. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number five. The Little Tykes Dentist Drill. (laughs) Number four. Number four is the fix your kitty, Veterinarian set. (laughs) Number three. The Freak Show Sword Swallowing set.
1: (laughs) Number two. Least popular toy of the last century.
0: The Easy Fry French Fry Maker.
1: And the number one least popular toy of the century, which is just about to elapse. Well, this joke really
0: only worked last year because it was current then, but number one was the TV comedy writer game.
1: That still works. Thanks, Clem. Clem Flurm. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? Okay, so we opened with a little... Clef, uh, Clem Flurm from the yesteryear. Uh, as you know, I put this question out a of, of few weeks ago: if people were digging the Clem Flurm, were, were they Flirmish? And apparently they are. I got nothing but positive uh, messages. And thank you for all your emails and, by the way, in texts. Uh, so Clem Flurm made the cut. Uh, people want to hear these things, even though they're pretty old, from <laughs> our old radio show at Como uh it's it is interesting how they remain funny yes if, if they were funny however many years ago that was they're still pretty dang funny so yeah. so uh occasionally at least we'll open with a clam floor and finally nice to be back with you again
2: yeah um, it is good to be back i'm delighted that uh football season has started are Gosh. you really oh yeah. man it's so much fun yeah
1: well as as <laughs> <laughs> as we're recording this if you're a Seahawks fan which uh, of course i know you are a huge Seahawks fan
2: huge seahawks
1: i think people are worried because uh uh for the first time in all of their history the the Seahawks had, did not win a single preseason game that oh, that that could be no. meaningful or it might not be meaningful we'll, we'll have to see but
2: Oh no. Anyway, and
1: then of course all season long I've been so jacked about the Seattle Mariners looking like they're gonna get to the playoffs. And as we're recording this, it looks like they're gonna fall short again.
2: Oh no. Oh so, yeah. So uh oh,
1: no. I'm 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 just about my wits in, but I'm gonna try to bear up, put the sorrow aside, at least for a, a little while here and do our podcast.
2: Okay, good. We uh Do you, do you have like any, any it seems do you like have we, any, Go ahead. Do you have any? Do you have any Nikes? Because uh, I've been uh, f- following on social media, people just throwing their, burning oh, yeah. their Nike shoes, and yeah, and I burned, a, like-
1: I burned all my Nike stuff. In fact, I'm, we- <laughs> I was wearing a Nike shirt, and I burned it while I was wearing it. Fire.
2: so silly that that people destroy stuff over yeah. uh, someone's opinion. You paid good money for those. Why why on earth uh, yeah. would you want to... That's uh, the point.
1: That is, of course, the point. You've already paid for that correct. Mer- merchandise. So who are you hurting but, yeah. except yourself? Well, That's you know, crazy. and we haven't talked a lot about this, but uh, I, I heard the uh, president, whatever his name is, say oh, yeah. nobody okay. should watch... Any NFL games this season, so uh, it, it, it's it's interesting Whoa. to me that his acolytes, who uh, who all of whom they may be, include mm-hmm. a lot of diehard football NFL fans. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to be put to the test. Are you going to do what your lord and master says, or are you going to watch the games that you want to see so desperately? So we'll see what yeah. happens with that. Yeah. But of course, to me, the the whole point of this. This take a knee thing. People, and particularly the president, who want to conflate that with being disrespectful to our flag, being disrespectful to the people who serve in the military. It's none of that. It's about it's about civil rights. It's not about not supporting the military.
2: I and, feel the same way and I, I feel like I'm oversimplifying it maybe in a sense because I've had this discussion with my neighbor who's from a very strong military um family and, and, I'm, and I'm,
1: I I'm I've, proud I've, of those people. My son I, served uh, tw- 20 years in the sure. army. I'm proud of that.
2: But I feel it's just it's it's about police brutality and nothing else. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah, and then, but but let's make it about something else, and no one bothers to pay attention. And and of course, uh, no coincidence that these are generally black football players that are under siege here. Yeah,
2: correct. But, uh,
1: let's don't look at any of that. Let's just say, oh my gosh, look what they're doing. They're disrespecting our country, our right. flag. Uh, they're trying to make our country better, I guess, in their protest. Would that be such a bad
0: thing? Hey,
1: it seems like we begin way too many of these podcasts uh, with uh, with an obituary. Uh, but, I know. But here it is again. Uh, we lost a big movie star. And he was probably the biggest movie star between like 1978 and 1982, and a little bit beyond. Burt Reynolds
2: oh, uh, passed away. No, I was stunned. Burt Reynolds was my mother's a uh, crush. She yeah. loved him, and I remember when Smokey and the Bandit came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother took me to the movies. We sat and watched it. And shoes. Did that after, did that
1: win the Academy Award that year? I can't remember.
2: <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? These are my shoes. Oh yeah.
1: And these are my legs.
2: Yeah. What are you
0: gonna do with them?
1: With the shoes or the legs?
0: Last time I saw legs like that, they had a message tied to them. What
2: do you mean? These are great little legs. I'm a professional.
0: Oh well, in that case. You shouldn't be dressed in what?
1: Dancer. Oh.
0: Oh, cowboys love fat
1: calves. They're not fat. They're
2: bigger than mine. Do we really want to talk about legs? Uh, She turned and looked at me when it was done. She goes, do you want to stay and watch it again? I said, okay. We sat in the movie theater and watched Smokey and the Bandit twice, back to back, two times in a row. Fantastic! Wow. Funny. I just—he's—I—I I always thought he was really underrated as an actor. He. Me too. Uh, yeah. He came back though in Boogie Nights and really nailed that role. In Boogie
1: Nights. This is the future. Videotape tells the truth. Wait a minute.
0: You come into my house, my party, to tell me about the future? That the future is tape, videotape, and not film. It is amateurs, and not professionals. I'm a filmmaker. That's why I will never make a movie on table. I'll tell you something else. I will never, ever loan out any of the yeah, wait, wait, that wait, wait,
2: in the wait. And he was, wasn't he? Just cast, uh, or or he wasn't just cast, but he was supposed to be in Quentin Tarantino's new movie, but didn't get his scenes shot yet, or something. So, very yeah. sad. Yeah, eighty-two yeah. years it old. It was.
1: I did. I do. He didn't look like he was. In, Fantastic condition, but I didn't know that he was near death's door like that. It turns out it was a heart attack, so I guess that could happen to anybody. But yes, yeah, and uh, older than I thought. What was he? Eighty one, eighty two. He was eighty two.
2: I and I didn't know that he was in in Gunsmoke and kind of some of yeah. those old TV westerns. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he played
1: a a half breed uh, blacksmith oh, that's on on Gunsmoke. Right. That's yeah. right. I
0: can't forget you saying you was too busy to have a drink with me.
2: That's what I said. And what kind
0: of place you running here? Kowtowing to a dirty half-breed. You better get out of here. Oh, you're giving orders too, huh? Well, that makes sense. You're two of a kind. Half-breed, cheap bug. <laughs> All right, now get out of here while you still can. I'm not wearing a gun, and you better get one, Mister. Somebody, get him a gun.
1: For the record in this scene. Burt Reynolds' character beats up the bad guy, picks him up, and throws him in a horse trough. He realized that that uh, part was limiting him, and he wanted to go on to do movies and stuff. And of course, he was always a great guest. And sometimes yes, guest yes. host on uh, the Tonight Show. Which
2: yeah, absolutely, very funny. I thought he was just it had great comedic timing.
0: So, uh, so I saw part of that show that night, where you had your ex wife on the show. What possessed you to do that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, was, uh, it was painful. Yeah. Was that your idea? Or somebody come and said, hey, we got Judy Karn? And... No, one of your wonderful people backstage <laughs> that, that comes up with those great ideas like you dancing on knives and things. Yes. I said, wouldn't it be great if you had your ex... And I hadn't seen her in four years. I said, what a terrific idea. So I came, uh, she came on, and I hadn't, didn't see her until she walked around the uh, little desk there. What kind of a feeling was that? Well, it was, it was shocking because she looked terrific. <laughs> <laughs> she really looked good. I... She had a fantastic personality, and she was bright, and and somebody's been working on her.
2: (laughs) And he just wasn't bad to look at. And, of course, he... He was the the um the centerfold in Cosmo. He posed nude. He was hiding all the good parts though with his strategically placed arm, but he was yeah, on a bear yeah. skin rug and oh my gosh, caused quite a sensation. I was surprised to find out that he regretted doing that. Yeah. and I, I, I why? Well he just it's a good picture.
1: Yeah, but he I think he ultimately came to decide that I you know, I I cheesed myself up. Yeah I short shortchanged myself and I Probably undermined uh, anybody who uh, my uh, ability to be taken seriously as yeah, an actor. Maybe, but but uh, yeah, I mean, I I you gotta love anybody who can look back with perspective on their career and say, you know, I wish I'd done this instead mm-hmm. of that. I I wish I had taken acting more seriously and uh, and not mailed it in as much as I did. But God is making so much money, I just you know I I didn't mm-hmm. have time to stop and perfect my craft i just took the paychecks and did the movies yeah and of course uh uh my connection i'm one degree of separation you from burt reynolds because i uh met and stood in a picture with sally field oh, years ago
2: that's right sally that's yeah. right yeah sally well, field.
1: Uh, she was in bend Oregon here making a movie called The Way West and in a tremendously forgettable western that also had Kirk Douglas in it, Robert Mitchum, Richard Widmark and uh, this was her first ever movie post Flying Nun. and Gidget. I'm beginning to like you. In 10
0: or 20 years I might even grow passionately fond of you. Don't look away from
1: me, Brownie. And they had some kind of a gathering out at the Bend Golf Club, and my dad drugged... I know, they had um, stuntmen demonstrating how they uh, fall off horses and stuff like that. So we were out there to watch that, and then a couple of the stars of the movie were on hand too, Sally Field being among them, and my dad embarrassed me big time. And he said, Pat, come here, come here. What, Dad? Come on, Sally, come here, come here. Get in a picture with my my son, Pat. (laughs) I still have the polaroid picture somewhere.
2: Oh, that's if so I, great. If
1: I can ever dig it out, I'll I'll put it on on okay. the website. But uh god, I was just, you can see how uncomfortable I am in this photo. <laughs> I've got one hand on my other arm and I'm just I, I just look like I'm just cringing with embarrassment and and then Sally's being very sweet and standing there with me. But, oh, man, you can yeah. read everything in that photograph <laughs> about what Fine. a nerd I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, that's a tough passing. Hey, I want to uh, re-inaugurate something. Yeah. And I never put this up for a vote like I did Clem, Clem Florm. But I would like to do, in this case, not one, not two, not four, but three jokes over the course of Whoa. this podcast.
2: Are you sure that you want to do that? Are you sure? I mean, what I'm trying to figure out what do you what's com, what why do you feel so compelled to uh, add that as a as a component or a well, recurring recurring thing? I can't the, really
1: tell you the answer to that except that uh I just feel like a you know, at least we'll maybe provide it, some it, laughs, it, it, especially if we get talking about something and it'll really eat up time. S- And it'll eat up time. That's the main thing. It eats up time. (laughs) Okay.
2: Okay. Are you going to do one now?
1: Uh, I probably should get on with it. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. I get into these joke books and I circle the jokes.
2: I can hear you thumbing through your joke book. Okay.
1: Some of these are in bad taste.
2: Oh, those are my favorite kind.
1: Good. I knew it was, and so here we go. (laughs) Here is the first joke.
2: Okay.
1: A guy walks into a cafe and he asks for a bowl of chili. The waitress said, Well, the guy next to you got the last bowl. He looks over and he sees that the guy's bowl of chili is full. He says, "Eh, If you're not going to eat that, do you mind if I take it? The other guy says, No, help yourself. So he starts to eat it, and about halfway down, his fork hits something. Uh, It's a dead mouse. Oh. And he vomits the chili back (laughs) into the bowl.
2: Oh, God. Oh, God.
1: And the other guy says, yeah, that's about as far as I got, too. Ah! (laughs) I I told you it was going to be in bad taste.
2: Oh, that's, that's a good one pretty good but it's yeah. pretty gross yeah that's a good one <laughs> <sighs> so all right so we were going to do this
1: podcast a couple of days ago because yeah. we 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 are speaking from our respective domiciles and you've had a bunch of work being done on your house. Oh, So you, you, you decided it was too noisy to do a podcast. And it's then I told too you-
2: noisy to just live. It's just too yeah. noisy to even exist in this house. So today, happily, nobody's here, and I, I just want to cry. It's just so lovely because they've been here over a week, pounding away, Hammering away, sawing away.
1: And they're not done yet?
2: Compressor, air hosing away. And they're not done yet because they're putting new siding on the house. So, Oh, boy. And uh, they're nice guys, but they're really messy. They're, like, super messy. They just... Take stuff and throw it in a big pile, and I, I don't yeah. know if that's not their job. But every night I go out and I try to make some sense of whatever area they've just been working on, and it's really annoying. But anyway, yeah. So I've I've been having that going on, and then you had something going on. Well, so. we
1: have uh, we're staying in a place that has the dreaded HOA, uh, the um, the the rules, you know, that, the that,
2: Homeowners Association. Yes, only yes, this
1: one is a tribunal called the design review committee and when we a couple of years ago decided that we were going to move down to central oregon in a house that we already owned we had it all figured out Uh, we had the house our other house paid for we're going to have almost no money going out it was going to be great and then we find out that a pipe has burst in this house and it ruined most of it yeah so we had to we had to get it remodeled and repaired and it took some time and some bank loans to do it and so you know we're right back in the hole again yeah but one of the things because we were in in what the design review committee deemed a new house uh even though it's not new they said therefore they decided that there are certain things we would have to do including paving our driveway
2: with asphalt really Yeah.
1: yeah And so uh, we have demurred and stalled, but now finally we had to do it. And so the paving crew was to be here uh, the day that we were going to record, and I decided, you know, I don't know how noisy that might be, so I, I guess we shouldn't tape that. Well, they never showed up. <gasps> and this is a recurring theme of, of us with this house. That's why it took two years to get, we're still not done with the repairs yeah. of this house. People will not show up.
2: Yeah, what is that about?
1: Well, I think it's about good times. Uh, the housing industry, ah. both uh, in Central Oregon and in Seattle, they've people are making money hand over fist because yeah,
2: probably that's true. I'm I'm trying to get my kitchen cabinets uh, painted, sanded, yeah. and and the face you know just get them refaced. They don't. Need I you. have called I don't know how many people and they don't call you back or they say they're going to call you back and they don't so. Um, I guess I'll just wait till times are bad and then I'll get somebody when times
1: are bad they'll come quivering to your front door with their tin cup in hand
2: (laughs) Right, (laughs) lady can you help us can I
1: do anything for you once I built a railroad made it run
0: made it race against time once I built a railroad now it's done Brother can you spare
1: a dime I am told that uh, in central Oregon here when times went bad what circa 2008 or whatever 9 that there were hundreds of houses that were empty in this town or unfinished
0: brother can you spare a dime
1: and all the good carpenters and all the good builders and other people they just left town there was no work Mm-hmm. And they left. So now, when it started picking back up again, you have new practitioners, many of which are not very good because they don't have any experience. But they're getting the work because they're available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's uh, who we had do our house, uh, the Lousy Construction Company, uh, Ira Lousy.
2: So so the asphalt guys, you hired them, or did the homeowners association have to
1: no, approve we hired
2: them. them? You hired them. Did you we call have to them? hire them.
1: We have to pay them. Did you yeah. call
2: them yesterday and say, where the hell are you?
1: No. Well, what's funny is the, the big paving truck showed up. The guy was sitting just outside of our driveway. They, the guys had come a couple days earlier and had prepped the entire area. They, they put gravel down, and they run a steamroll over it, and they flatten it out, and it's right. already ready to go right and then uh, this big truck shows up and uh, okay well, here we go and he sits there for half an hour and then he finally leaves and it's because the rest of the crew didn't show up
2: oh. and uh, so he you slackers know.
1: yeah so we don't know we won't be able to find a as we you and i are recording this it's a weekend now so we'll have to see yeah. What happens uh, on Monday when we call up?
0: Oh we're sorry about
1: that. While I'm a
0: steamroller, uh, One
1: of our fellows got fell under the steamroller <laughs> roll all over you.
0: Yes, I'm a steamroller now babe. I'm bound to roll all over you. A bad case of steamroller blues.
2: Well, you know, I've got the the sighting um people out here. I think I told you the last podcast that I've also got a big dumpster in my driveway, and I also have that. Disgusting honey bucket in my driveway that I have to walk past every day to go get the mail and stuff. But you know what's even more disgusting? Is the honey bucket pumper guy. The honey bucket pump guy There's has, a job. has to come out with his big truck and a big long hose and a pump thing and it's... Ah! <laughs>
0: and honey, I miss
2: you i'm so disgusting And he comes out at the end of the day
0: and I'm being good
2: And it's like, oh I just, I go to the I back of my house I go, la la la, I don't even want to know what's being sucked out of there It's disgusting yeah.
1: If only I could Yeah it is, but that's that's the human condition. I can't wait
2: till it's done yeah. and well, out of so here. So good luck on that. I know. Hopefully this week. What the heck?
1: Hey, I got some good news for you.
2: You do? Uh, oh, I, do. I need good news.
1: You're gonna like this news, although it does come with a, more than just a bit of a caveat. I saw this article in the Washington Post, and I just basically wanted, you know, to impress you that it was from the Washington Post. Yes. But. um Here's the headline. Finally, a scientific reason to stay on the couch. (gasps) And there's a study, and this is the important part, there's a study that if read in just the right way can lead credence to wasting away a Sunday or a Monday or a Tuesday afternoon. Think of it as a not entirely airtight rebuttal for the American Heart Association, the NFL, Michelle Obama, whatever. Whatever. People that say no, you you don't need to. You you can be much more less uh, inclined toward. Hang on. <laughs> is much that the Washington incli- Post? <laughs> yeah, this. <it> <laughs> That's now, here's a big the paper. Post. It
2: sounds huge.
1: <laughs> There's the post. <laughs> but this article, and and uh, of course this is a magazine that I get at the house, the Journal of Proceedings of the Royal Society B, Biological Sciences. Jeez. They have found evidence that species that exert less energy, on average, have a better shot at making another rotation around the circle of life. And, but then you, you dig in a little deeper, and this guy named Bruce Lieberman, who's an ecology and biology professor, he called it survival of the sluggish, and he said maybe in the long term the best evolutionary strategy for animals is to be lassitudinous and sluggish. The lower the met- metabolic rate, the more likely the species you belong to will survive. Instead of survival of the fitness, maybe it's be- better to call it survival of the laziest. Or survival of the sluggish.
0: Yes, I'm
1: going down slow. But then you look more closely and he's actually only, he's only studied one species and those were bivalves and gastropods. In other words, oysters, clams, that oh. kind of stuff. well,
2: they don't do much anyway.
1: <laughs> no, that's right. They're invertebrates that <laughs> live in the ocean. They just sit and they're there. Not, they're not in our section of the kingdom, Animalia, anyway. Right. He said. He said. But but I'm just telling you what we found that these creatures have existed for a long time, and they haven't become extinct because uh, because they don't do anything. They just sit there and take it easy. Huh. So he, he, despite his study being the first thing that comes up if you search Google for lazy mollusk, the guy said he's happy to get a lot of sedentary people focused intently on bigger questions about existence on Earth. But he said you shouldn't make the leap necessarily that you should just sit around like a clam do- and not do anything. <laughs>
2: Do we really care if there's any people in the future? Do we care? I mean, once you're gone, you're who cares, right? Well, I know that sounded that sounds a little harsh, but and it sounds really, really selfish and kind of stupid now that I've heard what I just said, but I mean, I, you know, I'm living my life and my lifetime in my world. Uh, I'm not concerned with what's happening two hundred years from now, are you?
1: So you don't care uh, about. Now just let me follow through on this.
2: I know it sounds really selfish.
1: About whatever policies are put into place, uh, whatever, uh, however much the uh, ecology is screwed up, uh, that the Earth is threatened for future generations, you only care about you here and now. Is that right?
2: Kind of. That's kind of where I'm at. Now tomorrow mm-hmm. I may have a different yeah. answer. It might just be the mood I'm in today.
1: <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> I mean we're all like on a relay team. We we run our part, our leg of the race yes. and then we hand it off to the next generation and we try to keep the race going. Yeah,
2: and I suppose ultimately sh- win but I suppose you're right. That was a terrible thing for me to say. Please yeah. don't well,
1: tell I'll, I'm gonna edit all yeah, that. Yeah, don't tell yeah. anybody
2: that I feel that way because that's just Um, That makes me a horrible person.
1: Yeah, that's right. That does make you a horrible person. But it makes me, by contrast, feel like a superior person. Yes,
2: exactly. You're
1: you're actually helping me out
2: quite a bit. Yes, certainly. Hey, is it time for another joke?
1: It's time for another joke. Here we go. Oh,
2: God, I'm so happy.
1: The Queen was showing the Archbishop of Canterbury around the royal stables when one of the stallions farted so loudly... (laughs) <laughs> it couldn't be ignored. <laughs> oh, dear, said the queen. How embarrassing. I'm frightfully sorry about that. And the archbishop said, It's quite understandable. As a matter of fact, I thought it was the horse.
2: Oh, see, that, I kind of knew where that one was going. You did? Yeah, the best jokes are the ones that do a tw- such a huge twist at the end. Okay. I kind of knew uh, where it was going, so.
1: Okay, let, let me. Uh, I said I'd only do three jokes. Let me throw in uh, you a need joke a, number 2B.
2: Yeah, you need a do over on that one. Okay, here we go.
1: A county extension agent is visiting a farm and he needs to use the toilet, but then he remembers there's no running water. He's got a honey bucket like you do. <laughs> so he runs around back to the outhouse, he opens the door, and the hired man is sitting there. But the hired man says, it's okay, come on in, it's a two-holer.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So the agent That's goes awful. in, and
1: he sits down next to the other guy, oh. and pretty soon the hired man stands up, and as he pulls up his pants, some change tumbles out of his pocket and goes down the hole.
2: Oh, no. This is... The
1: hired man shakes his head, pulls out his wallet, and he drops a $10 bill down the hole.
2: What?
1: <laughs> the extension agent says, what, what did you do that for? And the hired man says, well, I ain't going to go down there for just $0.35. Cents.
2: <laughs> That's good.
1: Okay. That's
2: good. Right. Some salvation, I guess. Yeah, that was good. Hey, I wanted to give you an update.
1: <coughs> Excuse me.
2: We, we were... got to put this Jesus. cigar up. Sorry. We were uh, talking about... Steve Jobs and his daughter's new book that was coming out, and, and, yeah. and it got me to thinking, I haven't updated you uh, on my operation, Who's My Daddy?, which I started.
1: Oh, well, that's right. Uh, this
2: was a last fall, and just to catch everybody up, I don't know who my real father is. My mother had me when she was 19. Uh, there's some speculation uh, as to who my dad really is, because apparently my mom loved to date I'm using air quote marks. Do you see, do you hear, do you see those? Oh, yeah. So, you yeah. can see those. Yeah. yeah. So I went on ancestry.com and got my DNA done. And I really don't have much to go on other than the name uh, that's on the birth certificate that everybody says isn't my father. But anyway, I got this message from this woman. And yeah. I got this message because what Ancestry does is it'll tell you who is matching up with you. And it'll say um, high, high probability or extremely high or medium probably, you know, maybe your second or third cousins. This one came in at high prob- probability, um, hmm. meaning first cousins or, uh, what, what am I trying to say? First cousins or closer. So she uh, and I are now, st- and it's a name I don't even recognize and she and I are trying to sort out some of these details and figure out if we could be sisters. We could be sisters. My sister, my friend. Wow, if, That's, you've come quite a ways. If her mom was dating the same guy that my mom saw, who apparently is, was quite the Casanova back in his day, So, I could have a whole flock of brothers and sisters out there if it's from this guy. So, I just wanted to update you on that. And uh, that'd be kind of cool, because I'm an only child. Uh, I didn't grow up, obviously, with any brothers or sisters. It was, uh, my mom just had me, and and although I don't know this late in life how, I don't know what I would do with a sibling. What are you supposed to do with them? Well... What if I do be, have a sister? What if well, she, be, what if she's a uh, jerk?
1: Well, then your dad gave birth to two jerks.
2: Yeah, I guess. So Uh
1: no, I uh It's kind of exciting uh, I, I just, though. I think it would be kinda of cool and would it, it, it brings some sort of satisfaction, I think. I
2: to suppose. To know that you
1: just weren't a one off, but that there that there yeah. is someone else with that shares some DNA of yours and
2: I I think that would be kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just wanted to update you on that, so I'll let you know what I find out.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. I just found out that my brother and I are related.
2: (laughs) That must have been a shock.
1: It was. Yeah. I mean, this guy, (laughs) I can't can't believe we came from the same mother. (laughs) This guy is such a jerk. Uh, And he would tell you the same thing. Yeah. I don't know if you ever... um, have you? Would, has anybody in your family were they a hunter? No. 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 Yeah, my dad was not a hunter. I mean, we didn't even go hunting ducks or uh, birds or even rodents. The only rodents.
2: thing close, I <laughs> the only thing close would be um, fishing. Although, I, yeah. so are, are you talking about as I'm growing up? Because yeah, my aunt and her her sons all are all hunters just drives me up the wall but what can i do
1: yeah well it's called uh they, they called it uh, sport hunting now I, I guess this whole uh myth of the frontier hunter uh, arguably began with daniel boone i was just looking at a book called the fair chase which is the story of hunting in america and uh, daniel boone uh, spent a lot of his adulthood hunting and trapping and he was a woodsman, and he was tough. And Daniel Boone was a man a big man And he
0: fought for America to make all Americans free
1: And, uh, and so for, for many years after that, the definition of an American male came from that you were a hunter, that you were a woodsman. Mm. If you didn't pursue those activities, you were considered sort of sissified. Mm-hmm. And in the United States uh sport hunting is is really taken off. Uh it's no longer a pastime. I mean, you got these big stores, Cabela's and uh yeah. And I think they're owned by uh what's the other big store? But I don't know if you've ever gone into one of those places. There's dead animals all over yeah. all over the place. Well, and uh and 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 people love it. I mean, they they are devotees. They buy guns there, they buy uh camo outfits and uh, everything uh it, it's a huge huge industry
2: mm. i don't know why so
1: sport hunting no longer a pastime it's prescribed as an antidote to a recurring fear as i said and that is the softening of american man
2: oh brother
1: you, you heard always talk about snowflakes and uh-huh. male feminization so uh the uh, writer washington irving who wrote about uh uh, Ichabod Kane, remember that? Mm-hmm. Ichabod Crane, I should say. Not not the disc jockey, but the Ichabod right. Crane. The guy with uh, no head. He hair. said, he thought self-reliance ought to be instilled in the youth by sending them hunting rather than touring in Europe where they will grow luxurious and effeminate. Outdoorsmen are vigorous, muscular Christians. Nothing like these studious urban types, says Ralph Waldo. Evans, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and uh, and so that that's part of what popularized hunting is, you know, if you're a guy, mm-hmm. you got to go out there and kill stuff, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, and then and part of it is your family if it's handed down through the generations. I have first cousins that they're avid hunters, mm-hmm. but we who just lived a block away never never pursued it. Yeah, didn't didn't do that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I went and for me, I went fishing, but and I felt bad enough you know yeah, killing yeah, me too. killing the little fish and that can't feel good when that hook goes in his mouth i mean that still made me feel bad but that's about the extent of it we gone
0: fishing Fishin instead of just a wishes <ínievers> oh yeah
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I like the idea of fishing, and they they don't have cute little faces that emote, They and fish don't scream yeah. when you pull them out. I bet if they Maybe... did,
2: that would change that right away. Oh, I think so.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. If you pulled a fish out of the water and it went, <laughs> ah!
2: <laughs>
1: I think you'd throw it and, back. And
2: it had actual tears coming down its face, although you wouldn't yeah. be able to see him because he's wet, but still. Yeah,
1: yeah, it is true uh and uh I actually have a a gun you do shoots li- it uh, it it's it's called um the assault gun, something like that and it's it's got a little canister of salt as the ammunition oh yeah, and it's for shooting flies, yeah, if you get about three feet from a fly it it totally wastes them oh with my a shot of salt
2: god
1: yeah, yeah,
2: why can't you just yeah. let the flies live?
1: Well, I would like to. But what? Uh, but, they, you know, no no fly. They got a brain the size of... a oh, fly.
2: Uh, oh. Well, it's microscopic. So just because these and, and so stupid. if you open the
1: door, you open every window in your house, they still won't fly out. Yep. Somehow they got in, but they can't find their way out.
2: Yeah. Well, so just because there's... So
1: finally there comes a day of reckoning, Lisa.
2: <laughs> no, I hear you. I went on a murder spree last night. Uh... An alcohol fueled murder spree.
1: Because I, <laughs> well, I a fly should not be getting drunk.
2: I was uh, drinking wine and decided to remove some ivy that was growing up the the bricks on the side of my house, which is not yeah. not good. And as I was digging down under all the rocks and by the bricks, there were some gigantic spiders down there. <laughs> And, oh, and I Damn had, them I had my little gardening knife and I was just stabbing away at these giant spiders. It was awful. It was gruesome. And I had the willies like for the rest of the night when, you know, how just like you get, you're you're all of a sudden hypersensitive to it, and because you're thinking, I don't want one of these to run up my pant leg or jump into my hair. And then, of course, I finished my murder spray. I must have murdered about six of those suckers out there. And Man. then I got
1: that's serial killing. No,
2: I know. No kidding. And I wasn't it's genocide. And I wasn't just just hacking them up. I was making noises. I was going ha ha ha. <laughs> Every time I stabbed one of them, because they were huge. They were huge. But then I had the willies the rest of the night. Anytime, like, a little hair would fall on my forehead, I'd be like, bah! It just, ugh, because, you know, being around spiders. Well,
1: it's the ghosts of spiders past. I was thinking that. I thought,
2: I'm going to get payback tonight. Something, a spider's going to fall in my mouth while I'm sleeping, or it's going to walk over and eat my face off, or there's going to be one in the bed.
1: if we knew what happened at night as we slumber i don't think we could ever sleep again
2: what are you talking about don't say that now
1: well i mean you you must have woken up in the morning and you say hey, like what's that i got a little bump right there like something bit me yeah i didn't have that before i went to bed that's last true. night that's true now
2: you're making me what itch was... again oh god yeah.
1: <laughs> i had a—I had a and you must have known these are these are guys all, almost always guys that are have a especially when they're young, a certain age, they have a sadistic urge. Uh, sometimes it's it's uh, contained, but other times it's not. Uh, and this isn't funny, but
2: well, I don't uh, want to hear it then because you're gonna make you're gonna upset me. Is this having something to do with torturing something that's alive? Yeah. Then no, I don't yeah. want to hear it. I don't. The
1: least offensive thing he did. and I, I won't tell you the most offensive oh things God. he did, but the least offensive. He loved to take daddy long-leg spiders and he'd pull off the legs one by one, as as he said, so that only ter- a dot remains. I think
2: that's terrible.
1: It is terrible.
2: So yeah. I don't want to hear. That's terrible. See, I didn't even want to hear that.
1: Oh, you want to hear something even no, more terrible? No, I don't. Yeah, no, okay. No, this is really terrible, what I'm going to do you right now. You won't believe how terrible th- what I'm about to say is. Well... No, I'm stopping. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Yeah,
2: I can't take it. But even I never though, could understand. Even I,
1: I just, and I don't disparage people who do like to hunt, but um, there is an aspect of it being called sport hunting. Mm-hmm. The word sport seems to make it uh, a, a little less pejorative, I guess, than hunting. And And, you know, sport hunters will tell you, man, I love me the taste of venison. That is good. But it's it really is just your choice.
2: That's not sport because hunting Because you don't though. need to go. I thought, of course, sport hunting was when you weren't eating what you're killing.
1: Anybody who sits down and eats a hamburger, I know, with cheese knows that there. That, I know. that came as a result of killing something too. Right. We just do it indirectly. I know. And that's why a hunters will say that that's our defense for what we do. We just we go at it uh, even handedly and. Uh, we're not being hypocritical regarding animal lives. It's a private thing. Sometimes it's a little bit nutty, mm-hmm. a little quirky, but the ethical line each of us draws when it comes to hunting is different. And I just couldn't do it. Uh, I, I, I could not kill a bird or a duck. My f- friends when I was a kid would go out routinely with their BB guns, shooting birds and. Mm. Uh, off trees and I just could not get that yeah but I don't either everybody's different it's part of how you're raised and part of I don't know your religious upbringing or or whatever but it's also part of what resides in inside of you and yeah if you relate I mean if you can love a dog for example uh, if I see a dead deer lying on the side of the road it'll remind me of my dog yeah being dead yeah and <clears throat> They're they're living things. They they all we all have some right to be here, whether you're a a tree toad or a, a human being.
2: I know, and I felt bad, even though I those big spiders needed to go. Don't get me wrong. I felt horrible every single time I was stabbing them. <laughs> I did.
1: That that makes yeah. me feel so much better. Okay. And now. <laughs> I was at this banquet and my false teeth were hurting me. So the guy sitting next to me reaches into his pocket and he pulls out some dentures and he says, try these. So I do. I put them in. But they're too tight. I pull them out. He gives me another set and he says, all right, try these. I try those and they're fine. They're really good. They feel really comfortable. I wear them for the rest of the banquet and then I give them back to him and I say, thank you." So much. I was so lucky. I was sitting next to a dentist tonight. And he says, Oh, no, I'm not a dentist. I'm an undertaker.
2: <laughs> okay, that's good. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two
0: front teeth. See my two front teeth. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. So I can wish you Merry Christmas. Christmas Oh for goodness sakes Happy New Year